You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Today, I want to talk to you about the missing ingredient. And the missing ingredient, one word, three letters, the word joy. How many have ever heard of the word joy in their life? Anybody ever heard that word before? Joy is her, the word, that's her name. But why am I saying it this way? Because I believe that this is something we're missing. We're missing joy. I've been on this really weird quest to figure out what joy is. Some people say, man, you're, you're, you're full of excitement. You're an encourager. You're, you're, you're crazy, Pastor Mark. I, I'm really in this place of trying to figure out how joy can be in me all the time. Because I don't believe that it's an option. In fact, when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, it's love. It's the second one. But for some reason, we go love, joy. You know, that, yeah, that's, that's for Eric, people like that love Jesus. And then there's peace. We all need that. But joy should be in us if it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's evident of the Spirit in, alive in us. So when I, when I think about missing ingredients, I always think about my mom. My mom was this amazing Italian woman. She went to be with the Lord a few years ago. And the woman could cook. And some of you know that because she would bring you over and cook for you. And of course, her specialty was Italian food. And she made this escarole soup, which was also known as Italian wedding soup. Anybody have ever had that? You've never had any good one if you haven't had my mom's. Now, my mom only broke it out Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? And that's when we would have it. You couldn't have it any other time. It was, on, it was off limits. You, you weren't getting that any other time. She would make it. She'd roll these little meatballs. I mean, they were little. They were about this big, but they had to be in there. And then she had these little noodles. Everything was to a T. Now, my mom is old school. She didn't have any kind of recipe card. She just knew it up here. So you'd have to ask her what it was, and she wouldn't even remember what the heck she made it with. So everybody who tried to make it after she passed never did a good job. In fact, if you, the meatballs, I remember a couple times she didn't make the meatballs. I don't know if she was just busy or what, and we had a revolt. We were like, we're not eating this thing. We're not going to eat it. It's a missing ingredient. I believe that for many of you, we're missing an ingredient that should be in the DNA of a Christian. And so I'm going to preach to you a little happy today because I believe that joy is important. Turn to somebody next to you and say, do you have joy? Ask them that. Look them right in the dead eye. You guys are ready to go. Ten is ready to go. Second Samuel, if you have your Bibles, I know you do. Second Samuel 6, turn to that. We're going to launch off this story here. Some of you know the story. Second Samuel 6. King David. King David is an interesting man because we know a lot about him, and we know a lot about what he did wrong. Just think about you going to heaven. And when you get there, everybody's like, oh, I read all the bad things you did. Unfortunately... The people in the Bible, we have an accurate account of all the mess-ups. Thank goodness God's not writing the Bible with us in it right now. Amen? (laughs) But the good news is David is an interesting character study of learning the heart of God. 2 Samuel 6, we're going to jump right into it, verse 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. That's a lot of dancing right there. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with sounds of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, 
Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window, saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. They brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he distributed among all the people and the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. Verse 20. And David returned to bless his daughter and his household. But Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today. He uncovered himself today before the eyes of the servant females as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all the house to appoint me as the prince over Israel and the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will make myself yet even more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Today, I want to talk to you about silly, stable joy. Silly, stable joy. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today as we deposit joy from your fruit. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would fill this place with an encounter by the Spirit of the living God that we would walk out of here full of joy, full of life, and full of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to table King David's story for a moment, but I want to read to you some scriptures that talk about joy. James 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various kinds of trials. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for these trials. Anybody ever do that on a daily basis? It's so much fun to have hell come after me. See, what this says to me is that trials can be joyful. Let's keep going. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. That means joy is a great healer. The opposite will kill you. Psalm 16, 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That means when you're in his presence, you should be over full of the joy of the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice when things are going well. Some of you are about to amen on that one. It says rejoice. Always. What does that mean? Let me break it down to you. There is never a reason not to rejoice. Psalms 35 says, weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes with the morning. Joy is a daily choice. 
Joy is your option every morning you wake up. Joy is there to greet you when you wipe the crusties out of your eyes. Joy is with you in the morning. John 15, 11, Jesus says this, these things I've spoken to you that his joy, Jesus's joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus gave us blueprints on how to own the joy he had and to be full of it. Silly, stable joy. Why is it silly? Because the world thinks you're crazy when you have joy in every circumstance. Stable is your ability to trust the Lord and know that it's not your joy, but it's his joy. Silly, stable joy. My favorite scripture, I'm going to read it to you today. Hebrews 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our Strength. Come on, make a muscle next to someone there. Go, and then if it's your wife, tell her to feel it because you know how you worked on it so hard. Feel this, Peyton. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you are weak, it's because your joy tank is low. I'm going to say it in the back section. If you are weak, it's because your joy is low. Thank you, two people. <laughs> the reality is your joy has been under attack and you didn't even know it. Your joy has been under attack. You have been under attack and some of us have freely given what the enemy wants to steal from you. I think joy is more important than what we all really truly understand because many of us, we look at certain people and we think, they're just so fun, they're so joyful, almost like a unicorn. You find somebody that's happy, you're like, wow, you guys are amazing. I always wanna be around you. And then we walk away, we're miserable again. Why? Because we don't understand what it means to be a carrier, a fruit producer of joy. In fact, we break down in the Hebrew, the joy of the Lord, the joy, hada, which means, the root means make glad, be joined. The joy it makes you glad of the Lord. That means it's not your creation. You don't make this joy. You don't produce this joy. It's his joy. The joy, the thing that makes me glad is of the Lord is. Some of you English majors, that is present tense. That means it's happening right now. In this moment, didn't happen before, isn't going to happen in the future. It's currently your strength. What does the Hebrew mean? Your strength. It means place of safety, fastness, a harbor, a stronghold, like a fort. My kids, they make forts. We have a lot of pillows. Anybody have a lot of pillows? Anybody think that every time you have an empty space, you put a pillow on it? Anybody like that? We have so many pillows at my house. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have to go to bed? It takes you 15 minutes to take the pillows off. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Barry, thank you. Pillows. My wife has pillows on pillows. A pillow inception. There's pi four pillows deep. The pillow never gets his head put on it. It's just there. My kids make these pillow forts, and they create them out of all the pillows on the couch, and they get in them because they're secure. They have fun in the pillow fort. Some of you need to understand, the joy of the Lord is your pillow fort. The joy of, what happens, you have to create the pillow fort. The joy of the Lord is created by you understanding that it's his joy, not your joy that creates the fort. John MacArthur has this definition. I thought it was brilliant. Love it. Christian joy is the emotion springing 
from the deep down confidence of the Christian that God is in complete and perfect control of everything and will bring it for our good in time and in our glory in eternity. It is a motion. It's an emotion. It's not an emotion on top of an emotion. It's not a feeling on top of a feeling. It's a feeling on top of a fact. It's on a fact. That means that you can have joy and it's not predicated on your situation. It's an emotional response to what I know to be true about my God. See, let me say this to you. Your emotions are from God. Now, when you have eight girls, you're constantly talking about emotions. <laughs> it's true. We're talking about emotions in our house because emotions are up like this everywhere, right? We got ups and downs. And so I realize that it's not that our emotions are wrong. It's that when our emotions lead us. So let's go back. The definition, if you could put that back up there. Christian joy is the emotion. That means it's an emotion springing from, it comes from, not from what we produce, but from a deep down confidence of the Christian that God is in control. You need to be confident that he is, there's nothing in this world that should steal your confidence in who he is. God is in perfect control. Perfect control. Mike Norcio, that means that no matter what you read on social media, God's still in control. And we know this and we amen it. And we're like, praise the Lord, but we don't believe it on Monday. We don't believe it on Tuesday. By Wednesday, forget about it. We ain't gonna believe nothing because we are so enamored with what we hear as opposed to the King of glory sitting in heavenly places, ruling and reigning over an earth that looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket, but really God is in control. He is behind the scenes. There's nothing going on that God is not in control of. Now that's hard to think about. That's some theological stuff I gotta deal with, but then you gotta deal with it because that's what scripture says. Eternity focused return on investment. Let me say this. We are so now, we're looking at now. What can I get now? But what we should be looking at is we are storing away things for eternity. This is but a fleeting moment. Eternity is forever. So I know that no matter what happens here, this is always what I build my life on. All right, let's keep going. Can you question? Have true joy and be quiet and contained. That's what I wanted to hear. Because it is yes and no. Does joy require action? And no. See, if you're confident, you don't have to tell anybody. Usually when people aren't confident is the times that they speak the most. Think about that for a moment. When you're confident, you're confident. Let's go back to King David, 2 Samuel. This is an interesting story. I love this story. Now, people think that David danced naked. We know that he didn't. He was wearing a priestly ephod. He was kind of dancing in a way that doing things that a king shouldn't have done. Now, he's the ruler. He's the dude. But he didn't care at that moment. And so he was so excited. Let me, let me give you a little backstory. The Ark of the Covenant came home. This was a symbol of the presence of God. So not only was he excited about that, but if you want to read, you can go back and read some precursor to this. 
all of the things that happened to lead it to this moment. Some of you know the story of Obed-Eden. We preach this here. I love this dude. Kind of a hidden classic in, in scripture. He, D- David couldn't get the ark back correctly. So he left it on this dude's doorstep. Hey, Obed, can I drop this thing off? Okay. And as he did it, his wife got prettier. He got more hair and smarter. His kids were, didn't complain anymore. And the house, everything worked in that. Everything that he had, scripture said, was blessed. As the ark of the covenant resided with Obed-Eden. So David's got onto this and he's like, we got to get this thing back. (laughs) We got to bring it on back. We're going to bring it back. And so he brings it back, goes through a whole situation to get it back, does it correctly. And when it enters into the city, David says, I don't care how silly it looks. I have the joy of the Lord is my, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy, I'm so excited. I'm so, some of you are like, I can't believe he came back here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't believe that the ark is back. This is unbelievable. Do you know how crazy this is? We've been waiting for this thing. We've been waiting. It's finally here. Some of you are like, this guy's crazy. Some of you think that I'm nuts, but this is what they thought of David. How in the world, thank you. How in the world, how in the world can you contain the joy of the Lord when the presence of God is back 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 see some of you are like I will never do what he's doing because the joy of the Lord isn't your strength if you had the joy you don't care see I can look silly and be stable I don't care what you think about me I don't care how you think I'm crazy because the reality is it's not about me entertaining you it's about you remembering how you feel in this moment you may be laughing at me you may be laughing with me Regardless, the joy So that is that wasn't a skit. You don't have to clap. <laughs> David was so excited. David was so excited. The sound man, I, I was on the wrong speaker. David was so excited he couldn't contain. And as he's doing this stuff before the Lord. He comes home. He has this big celebration. He's so excited. He's jacked up. He's coming home. And his wife meets him at the door and says, you were a complete idiot. How ridiculous you made us look. Now, let me say this to you. Sometimes your joy may be stolen from the people that are closest to you. David was so in love with God that he didn't care what his wife thought. He said, listen. This is such a boss move. You see what I did? I'm going to even do it greater. I'll even do more of that. I don't really care what you think because God deserves my praise. Some of you praise God with such a fear of man. You really do. You fear God. You fear man over fearing God. Let me say that. It's like if I put my hands up, people are going to think I'm one of those crazy charismatic people. Oh, God, if, if it goes past half mass... Ooh, something's happening. Some of you haven't sang a song in church forever. I'm serious. You're wondering why you hate life? You hate coming to church? The joy of the Lord is not your strength. I can tell you. I need a doctor to tell you. So I do believe that joy is strength, and sometimes I don't need to show it. But sometimes, people, you got to get excited for what Jesus did. 
Because if I told one of you that there is a million-dollar check underneath your chair, and you put your hand under there, and you found out you were the lucky winner, you would scream and holler and hoot your way out this door over to the bank to cash it. I'm telling you, something, if it's not that, if it's meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wright, whatever it is, it will get you excited. But Jesus should be top on that list. There should be nothing else that receives this level of joy and praise because he's the author of joy. Silly, because the world thinks you're crazy. Stable, because this is normal Christianity. I'm not asking you to step on chairs next week. But what I am asking you to do is Monday to actually have the joy that I'm talking about. Because I'm depositing something. You don't know this, but it's actually being deposited right now. You're getting filled up right here in this place. I believe it because the Holy Spirit told me it's going to happen. Now, here's the deal. David's wife, as she's just laying in on him, Scripture leaves us with this parting thought on her. She never had a child. Now, I don't know if that's because David's like, eh, eh, we, we ain't getting together anymore. Or David just God just closed up her womb. Whatever it was, her legacy was sealed because of her reaction to God's presence. Don't get this twisted. God is not looking for performance in the house. But he is looking, will you worship me in spirit and in truth? David's manifestation of joy affected other people. That's why internal joy needs to be seen. Fruit is only fruit if other people can eat from it. So don't tell me you have joy and you never smile. Don't tell me you have joy, you never glad, happy. Never tell me joy and you don't even raise your hands and worship God because joy is a natural overflowing of the presence of God. It says in his presence there's fullness of joy. That means you can't, you can't take it all. I got some pastor friends, man. They're deep. <laughs> They're strong. Sometimes I'm like, can we just have fun for a moment? Can we just stop fighting every nook and cranny of the world and just enjoy the Lord? Because how many know that you can be fighting, but eventually you got to come back home, get some R&R. &R. You got to rest in his presence. Psalm 71:23 says, my lips will shout for joy, for when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. If you've been redeemed, some days you're going to shout. And some days you're going to declare his goodness. And some days you're just going to get your praise dance on. You know what I'm saying? Your spirit has to lead your soul. I want you to see that. Your spirit has to, what I'm saying is your mind, your will, and emotion should no longer lead your Christian life. Let me say that again because your mind, your will, and emotions, we feel like we're a mind, will, and emotion-led Christianity movement. When the government's doing what, when, when I elected, that, that guy is in, all, all those things steal your joy. Let me, let, me, let me read, I'm going to jump to the end here because I want to read this to you because I think this is timely right now. Whether it's news of inflation, rising gas prices, Food shortages, riots, lack of baby formula, evil politicians, Disney indoctrination, racial bigotry, border crisis, Supreme Court decisions, whatever it is, all may be important, but they will not affect my joy. They will not, some of you still don't want to say amen to that, will not affect my joy. You can't release that. You can't, and you're wondering why you're weak. Joy of the Lord is your strength. Your spirit has to lead your soul. Let me ask you this. This is a question I want to ask you today is, do you drive your car or does your car drive you? 
Now, don't give me Tesla because I know somebody's going to say, well, there's a Tesla, Pastor Martin. No, we're not talking about Tesla. We all got cash like you, okay? Some of us bear, we praying in tongues just to get the car to the destination. Shit, I'm a whole, come on, let's go. Do you drive your car or does your car drive you? Think about that for a moment. Because you may be trying the steering wheel, but, but, but sometimes it's, it's the gas that's igniting from the spark plug that's, that's causing the ignition to, to continue the, the movement, the wheels, the, the brakes, the tires, the, 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 the oil that goes throughout the engine that keeps it lubricated. All of these pieces drive you to your destination. My question to you is, is are you allowing the car to drive you? Or are you driving the car? Because your car, just like your emotions, can break down. Your cars, some, some of you know old school cars, you, in, the, in the wintertime, you got to go out there and start them up, right? And just, you got to make sure you get it nice and warm. It may take 30 minutes because it just takes a little while. It's coming and she's coming. Come on, hold on. Okay, okay there it is. Okay. Like, like, why? Because sometimes your emotions, you wake up, you're not feeling the day. But here's the deal. Imagine a letting a four-year-old drive your car. Just imagine, some of us, that's what we're doing when we let our emotions drive our, our life. We're up and down. We're angry, we're sad, we're hang hungry, we're hangry, we're, well, ah, I don't know, this thing happened, this thing's too hot, it's too cold. That's like letting a four-year-old drive your car to the supermarket. But some of you have a Tesla, Ooh, you just put in the destinations, and it gets you there. Might I post to you this? That's how the Holy Spirit is for you. Lord, I thank you that you're leading and guiding me today. Today's Monday, but I trust you that you have a design plan for me on Monday. And so, Lord, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to lead me in every circumstance. In fact, when I get, when I get caught up in traffic, I know it's an opportunity for me to pray for 30 minutes. I don't know what it is, but every opportunity is a Holy Spirit diversion. So I'm giving you full reign to drive me to work today. Holy Spirit, take control. And you sit back, let Jesus take the wheel. Step one is to acknowledge that living in joy is normal Christianity. It's not for Pastor Mark. It's not for that crazy charismatic woman that's up front that brings her flags every time. Nobody got that one. <laughs> we are created to be in a garden. That means you were created to be in the presence of God at all times. And so the presence of God is a fruit-giving person. Jesus has given you the Holy Spirit that develops the fruit in you to produce joy. It's a day-to-day occurrence. So let me give you seven joy stealers trying to rob you of your joy. Number one, false salvation. I'm going to sit here and tell you that I believe that everybody in this room is truly saved. Because I know if we're doing the job the right way, there's people here that don't know Jesus because God is wooing you to his heart. But let me say this to you. You will not be able to get the true joy that I have until you have the Prince of Peace inside of you. You will not be able to fabricate. The world has these fabrications of joy, but they don't last. And if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have him as Lord and Savior of your life, you'll never have the true joy. That's number one. Number two demonic attacks let's not get this twisted the enemy is after your strength 
And so he knows the joy is your strength. So he's going to send everything to stop you, distract you, discourage you, depress you. How many of you 2020? Remember that year? It was not about COVID. Some of you finally figuring this out. It was about our government. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you perked up. Some of you are like, that's right. That's right. It was about stealing your joy. Because we have more people depressed, more people suicidal, more people anxious, more people dying, not of COVID, but of suicide, depression. This is natural. You can study it. The reality is the enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll use any means necessary to isolate you, to break you away from the church that you should be plugged into. And the enemy is here to destroy you. And if we don't start acting like we're in battle, we're going to miss it. Number three, circumstance-focused. Circumstance-focused. That means that every circumstance dictates your joy. When I'm good, I'm good. When I get the promotion, I'm good. When gas prices are up here, I'm down here. When I get that report from the doctor, I'm down here. When my wife says I look good, I'm up here. Wherever it is, every circumstance dictates your joy level. That's going to steal your joy. Number four, bad theology or unbelief. You got to know the word. You got to know what I said to you, these scriptures today, and you got to know them to be true. Like it is nothing that the enemy could say to back me off of the scriptures that I just meditated on today. Number four, spiritual laziness and fruitlessness. You are required as a Holy Spirit filled Christian to bring forth fruit. Natural. I'm going to say this to you, and this should shock you. If you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. I have, I have, like, I have plants and flowers and trees in my yard, and if they don't produce something, I, I'm like, what do you do? Are you dead? If you plant an apple tree and you never get an apple after 10 years, Tim, it ain't an apple tree. It's perpetrating an apple. Where's the fruit? What do people eat off of you? Number six, entitlement. The more I get to know the Lord, the more grateful I am. Man, I can't help but to say thank you. Don't be ungrateful. Don't be entitled. Number seven, naivety. Being naive. Bad things will happen to good people. You know that? It says it rains on the just and the unjust. But here's the good news. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. So don't be naive that God's not with you because you had a bad day. He's still with you. Don't start questioning whether God, God, are you here because I got a bad report? He's still here. God wants you to walk in perfect peace and your peace is predicated on the strength that you get from the joy. So today, such a perspective shift. I feel like the Lord says, I want to shift perspectives, man. I'm tired of coming into church and feeling heavy. Can I just air out my grievances right now? I'm the pastor. I can do this. You guys cannot do this. Cannot complain about church. Just I can. 
I'm tired of coming into church and feeling heavy. I'm tired of carrying a weight that I, my shoulders can't bear. I'm tired of thinking that I can do all things by myself. I'm tired of trying to fight for my family and my wife and my kids and doing it all on my own strength. But when I tap into joy, come on, Eric, come on, Tobiah, when we tap into joy, it's not my strength. It's his strength. That's why somebody say, how do you do 10 kids? Because of the joy of the Lord is our strength. How you been married for, for 23 years? Because of the joy of the Lord is my strength. How can you pastor for over 13 years in a, in a, in a, a whatever this, what is this called? A strip mall. I don't know what this called. Office building, something. I don't know. Because of the joy of the Lord is my strength. That doesn't mean that I don't wake up not feeling heavy. But I choose this day. I take off the heaviness and I put on a spirit of joy. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to have silly, stable joy. I want you to be known as that person at work that has a smile on his face even when he just got fired. Oh, Jesus' name. Ah, put that out there for somebody. Ah, Not a prophetic word. I want you to walk into places and shift the atmosphere. I want you to be able to dictate what happens and not be dictated to. Observe your joy tank today. I want you to begin to identify how silly the things are that are stealing your joy. I want you to think about this on Wednesday of this week. When you get angry because something happened in your home and you put it in perspective, this is nothing compared to life. Come on, how minuscule and microscopic these things are compared to eternity. How one little issue can completely destroy your day. How a demonic attack, or should I say an assault against your emotions can disconnect you from the fruit of the Spirit that should be growing inside of you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the Son sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.